Welcome, everybody, to the Robert John the Wreck podcast. We're a five-piece rock and roll band from Orange County, California that travels the world eating local foods, drinking local drinks, and melting faces. I'm Steve. I'm Robert. I'm Henry. And I'm Warren. And this is episode number 86. Yeah, dog. 86. 86. And in there week after week after week. It's good. You get 86. Yeah, 86, then. Where's that Right here, Steve. Oh, yeah. That could be a... Uh, conversation tonight is where we've been 86 from. Oh, yeah. But we'll say that. We'll say that. There you go. Well, Henry, you just held something up, so why don't you uh, get started? Yeah, why don't you start? How was your weekend? That thing looks rad. Uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome, dude. Um, I, got a, I got a new guitar. Um, it doesn't have strings on it right now because I've been working on it today, um, getting it all up to par. Um I bought this thing on a whim. This is a, the new Epiphone Firebird, um, and I was just chatting with our one of one of my buddies about how um, this company, because Epiphone is owned by Gibson, has really really stepped up their product quality. Um, I remember in the years past playing Gibson and Epiphone stuff and just going like, "This is a joke. This guitar is terrible." You know, it's got all these sprouting frets, uh, blah, blah, blah. And this last year, I played a new uh, a new Gibson that one of my buddies had, and, and I played a couple of them at NAMM um, back in 2020. And uh, I played one of these, and I thought it was great. And I was just like, well, I got um, some stimulus money, and then I can also work on my credit and also have an asset for my tax return next year. Dang, look at this. Man, you are really growing up, Henry. (laughs) Those are all things that I (laughs) am not prepared for. (laughs) Yes. So I'm, I'm, I can, I can really channel my inner Alan Collins now officially because I have the guitar and, uh, you know, uh, this is as good as any of the custom shop four thousand dollar Firebirds uh, playability wise, honestly, nice. Maybe maybe there are slight you know there are things craftsmanship wise and aesthetically and material wise that are you know superior, but you can make any guitar play great. And this one, honestly, Epiphone, you knocked it out of the park with the park with this thing. For anybody that knows Epiphone or works there or with Gibson, you knocked it out of the park with this thing. Maybe I just got a really good one, but I picked it up out of the box because I just bought it on a whim to see, you know, maybe I don't even like Firebirds. I don't know. I picked it up. I was like, this thing already plays phenomenal. Already feels great. Already sounds great. It needs a few tweaks. Every guitar needs a couple tweaks, you know, to fit your your thing. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty hyped on that. And then uh, and just let everyone know, this uh, podcast is not sponsored by Epiphone. But if Epiphone does want to sponsor this podcast, we are fully prepared to take on that. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I also use an Epiphone now. Again. It's true. So it's true. Um, and then yeah, so I got this we're, thing. We're here. I got this thing on Thursday. And then um, Friday I went to our local watering hall hole hole, uh, the Wayfair, to see my buddies play. I actually went to a show. What? It was crazy. A real show. How was it? It was it was epic. Uh, I saw my buddies play in a group called Tropic, and then I saw another group of my buddies play in a band called Psychic Dynamite, and uh, both bands were epic. 
very, very cool. Um, really enjoyed that. And it obviously it was nice to go back to the Wayfair and like, you know, obviously limited capacity, things like that. But, uh, but very cool to like, you know, check out a band and like, Oh, we're, we're like back. We're like coming back. This is super cool. And they had some really rad lasers going on too. They did. They had show, these epic lasers happening in the, in the thing, in the room, in the, uh, in the place. It was very awesome. Very cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much pretty much it um, as far as notable events. Uh, how about you, Robert? Oh, kind of clockwise. I like it. Um, I had a great weekend. It's just um, clockwise. I was also dude. at that show at the Wayfair, <laughs> and um, I was just drinking more than Henry was. So I saw those bands. I just didn't really realize what was happening at the time. Um, but I had a great time. It was uh, it was nice to be inside listening to music. Um, what I remember the most is there was also a magician there that evening and he was just great. Um, I have no idea what his name was. Uh, all I know is that I watched, I watched the, the magician (laughs) the whole entire time. It's Christopher Um, wonder. I know him. Christopher wonder. uh, He he was great. Um, we did some shows with him in uh, one of my old bands years ago. Nice. He was, he was, he was awesome. It was, it was kind of really interesting to, it was just, it was great to be back in a bar and great to be um, seeing live entertainment on a stage in a bar. Um, whether it was okay or not, or whether the capacity was uh, a little shaken up or not, it was, it was great. Um, it was a great night. And um, that was great. And uh, yesterday was Easter for everyone who celebrates Easter. Uh, um, my family does. So went over there and I got a $2 bill and an Easter egg and ate some ham. So that was about it. And, um, it was great. It was a, it was a good weekend and I'm happy to have had it. Warren. I flew to Austin this weekend, Austin, Texas, not Boston, not Austin, um, Massachusetts, Austin, Massachusetts road trip. <laughs> God, that's a good movie. That's like one of those <clears throat> side note. That's like one of those things you can say in the van and be like, Austin, Austin, Massachusetts, and like everybody just immediately yeah. knows that scene where Tom Green says that. That's why I fucking love traveling with these guys. Anyway, um, I went to Austin, Texas to go out to a friend's baby shower, um, Gloria and Taylor, and it was cool. It was nice to get out of the area for a little bit, and the weather right now in Austin is like perfect. It's not too hot. It's like just the right temperature. Um, the one thing I thought was interesting was I was expecting to see no masks anywhere. And um, actually, I would say about 85% of people were wearing masks there. Because um, I've heard that Texas is obviously very open and a lot of people aren't wearing masks. But I know Austin is kind of its own thing. <clears throat> but it was cool. It was good to get back into the the city and walk around. Um, I got to go there with my fiance Erica. So I, I walked her down sixth street and kind of showed where we would take over South by Southwest. And, um, yeah, it was good to see friends and hang out with their family and they're expecting a baby. So we're very happy for them. And, uh, yeah, I guess that was kind of it. What about you, Steve? I had a baby shower this weekend as well. Um, but I did not, 
go anywhere. I actually didn't even leave my bed. Um, my brother is and his wife are expecting uh, a little one pretty soon, so they were nice enough to set up a Zoom uh, thing for all of us that couldn't make it there in person, and uh, and it was great. They just had a little little backyard shindig and had a few uh, few friends kept it small in uh, in their backyard up in Palo Alto, and it was nice to kind of view from afar digitally uh, what was going on, and and they're super happy, and and uh, that was great. And then we had the Hangar Twenty Four show. Um, that uh, Victoria Bailey and Moonsville Collective played, and that was fucking rad. Um, it's awesome. I've it, until this this hangar series, like I, I hadn't really run sound in in, a, in quite a while, uh, COVID or not. Um, and it, so it's been really nice to get out there and get my live sound engineering chops back um, and be able to mix live and and uh and do that whole thing and actually be outside on my feet for a change and um every so often uh back in the day when i was doing live sound for festivals and stuff people would come up and they're like oh i've got my own mic you know it needs phantom power it's this that and the other and they always end up being like the most pain in the ass things to work with they'll be like these neumann handheld microphones and stuff that are just way too sensitive for what's going on and and uh, Corey uh, Adams from Moonsville uh, was like, hey, man, like, you know, want to try these mics out? We just got them and and uh, they're pretty cool. And I'm like, oh, no, you know, um, these are going to be a pain in the ass. They're probably not going to work. And he pulled them out. Uh, they're from Trumpet Audio. And I was blown the fuck away, dude. Like, they are just insane. They're made for live. They're these old, like, super retro looking microphones. Uh, that are open, big circles, kind of like the old, uh, like 1920s, 1930s uh, microphones. And and they had three of them. They had a stereo pair and then another mic. And so we didn't plug anything in except for uh, Seth's bass, uh, which just went out, direct out, out of his bass amp. And, and everybody in the band just got closer when they had a feature and they mix themselves on stage and I just kind of balance the two uh, stereo mics on either side, depending on if it was a, a, a guitar or mandolin solo. And it was so much fun uh, to do that. And Victoria Bailey and her band ended up using the same setup. Um, and I was just really thrilled. Like it, it blew me away and totally changed my perspective on uh, that kind of stuff. And, and especially just, you know, uh, gave me a really great, uh, sense of respect. Um, I've always respected those two bands and, and they're all, they're both phenomenal, but uh, the musicality that they brought on Saturday was just nothing I'd seen in, in a very long time. And it was really fun to be a part of and to witness and all that. So that was great. And then, yeah, Easter was yesterday for those of you that celebrate it, as Robert said. And um, I got to play a church gig up in Lakewood. And then I came home and I spent the rest of the day in bed and just caught up on <laughs> there you go. TV and slept and, and uh, rested up. And it was magical. So very, very fun. I have one thing I have to add that I would kick myself if I didn't for my weekend. And I'm sorry if I could cut you off. I would kick you too. No, you're good, buddy. My sister had a baby this weekend. Woo. I definitely have to mention that because that is a part of my family. and I am A so new uncle. 
a, a new uncle, a seventh time uncle. This is the seventh. Seventh. Or wow. I have now. I so I, I thought I thought I was like up there, but you just surpassed me. Yeah, I think I have almost more nieces and nephews than I do people in my family. Actually, you didn't. You haven't surpassed me yet. So we'll wait. Cool. <laughs> so I'm still ahead of you, Warren. Congratulations to your brother Steve as well. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of babies and love in the air. And mm-hmm. Robert, I'm I'm going to make sure that I surpass that number. I'm going to get like 20. I'm going to have so many nieces and nephews that they're going to be able yeah. to crowd surf me at a concert. <laughs> great, great. That's you a know, pretty. But, I, but I also feel dude. like I, awesome. I have I have a couple things to say before we bring our guest on. Before we talk about what we're drinking, uh, being being an uncle is 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 so great. Which all three of us, uh, Henry took a break right now, but. Uh, it's so great because you don't have to really raise them, but you can also teach them all the ways of the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and then just when you're give around them back. Them. Yeah. And yeah, you know, nice. and if you teach them the right way or the wrong way, it doesn't really matter because you're just the uncle and you're just, you're just giving them life advice and with, if they take it or not, it doesn't really matter. Some, some of my nieces and nephews have taken it. Some of them haven't and that's okay. Um, but you, you know, you, you get the, all the joy of, of, of being a part of, of that, relationship without having all the responsibility, which I think is fun. Agreed. Um, and then also to the same thing that, that he was saying about uh, the past Hangar 24 show, which is down here in Irvine, which is a show that we've been a part of, uh, we've played, and also just working it every week. This past, um, we had Seth on last week, um, who's the bass player of Moonsville Collective. Um, and it was just, it was really a sight to see, to see a band just playing into one mic um, two bands playing into one mic, and that was it. They like, like the I, I've never seen a band play into one mic on a full stage that has you know hundreds of people there, and they they were playing into one mic. Um, I mean, technically like three, but it was it was really yeah. just they were all close to each other. But yeah. yeah, it was just it was a sight to see because it sounded so good. And and props to Steve for making it sound like that. But it was it was a really special moment to be a part of, of what that sounded like and to be a part of evening. Cause um, there's just something to say about a group of people standing around a couple mics and just playing opposed to being plugged in. And um, everyone has to, you know, if you have a feature, if you have a solo, you kind of have to get closer. If you, if you're singing lead and you have a really intense part, you have to get a little closer. It's, it, it really shows the musicianship um, that was on stage last yeah. week. And uh, it was just, it was really beautiful to see, it was beautiful to watch the atmosphere in the, in the whole place. Um, it was just, I can't even say enough words about it. Um, it was just really exciting to be a part of because it just, it, you just feel it. You can feel it in, in the area. You can feel it in the, it was just it was beautiful. So um, these people won't listen to this, but uh, Moonsville <laughs> and Victoria Bailey, you guys sounded amazing. And um, if you guys want to go check those people out, Please do. Uh, they were just fantastic. Um, you know, part of the reason that those Hangar 24s shows sound so amazing is because all of those cables and all of that signal is run through QSC gear. And that QSC gear fucking rules. Yeah, man. <laughs> it sounds so good. It is so easy to handle. It is so easy to set up. It is so user-friendly. I can't say enough good things about that whole setup. I love it. I love setting it up, and that is not easy to say. 
And the and best part about tonight is that our guest this evening is Brad Zell, who is the reason why we use so much QSC gear. He's the reason why Hanging 24 has all the QSC gear. He's also a bass player in a band called Kelly Conscious, who is playing at Hanger 24 this Saturday, which we're very excited about. But most of all, he's a great person to hang out with and a great person to talk to. Let's bring him on. Here's Brad Zell. Yeah, buddy! Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, I have a thought. I, I, I took some notes, and based on what you... So I'm, I'm familiar with uh, the Ear Lab... What's it called? Ear Trumpet Lab's mic. Yes. And I've been to Folk Alliance International um, Conference, which is this uh, another sort of crazy situation. But I've seen that, and I've experienced what you're talking about. It's amazing. It's so amazing. But I had a thought, Robert John and the Wreck needs to play a show like that. Yeah. Yes. So then, like, so you get Andrew, you got to, like, kind of space Andrew just right enough distance. <laughs> and then all you guys' amps have to be just at the exact right distance to make the perfect mix. And then when... <laughs> anyway. You just got to do it full acoustic, man. Got to get an acoustic panel seems, up on seems that Seems like stage. a lot of work, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a lot of measuring. Seems like we need, we need a lot of measuring tapes. So, so Steve, what is like kind of general EQ situation? You kind of had to. Did you have to cut some things that were just kind of resonating to get it clear? Or yeah, like what? yeah. So we we had the uh, they they come with these pretty bitchin' uh, windscreens that look yeah. like uh, almost like nineteen forties. Uh, what, what are they called? The the boas. And stuff, yeah. but they fit on the mic and uh, and they worked <clears throat> great. And then all I did was uh, we got a level uh, on the stage for for the band, and uh, I walked out front to make sure like there was no feedback initially. But I was like, okay, like people are going to come up to the stage. You're going to get reflections off of bodies. That's going to feed into the mic. You got people hooping and hollering. Like that's going to just feed back eventually. So I just took the main. Um, I ran on, cause we've got the touch mix 30. I ran the feedback wizard yeah. on there, uh, which is a really easy and quick, uh, setup just to, I, it'll tell you like what frequencies are more prone to feeding back and you can have it notch it out automatically for you, or you can go through and do that. Um, and then I just started writing up the, uh, I took the suggestions on the screen and then just started writing up the master fader. And as soon as something would feed, start feeding back, I just kind of duck it down, you know, yeah. five or six dB. And there was maybe like 12 bands that I had to duck just a little bit. And that was it. And then were they, um, were, were they hearing uh, floor monitors as well? No, no, yeah. that, that helped well, out a ton. Monitors yeah. And just, yeah. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. They were just listening awesome. to each other up on stage. Both bands were. And it was it was just awesome, man. Like ah, it's killer. That's cool. And it was bumping out front too. Like Seth's bass was the only thing going through the subs. I had the other mics <laughs> high passed at about like one thirty, and uh, and so the bass was just full. Everything was coming in, and you know I tweaked a little EQ on the mics as as, uh, as things were going and as needed. But for the most part, just wide open, no compression, very little EQ. And uh, the only time I had feedback the entire night was when, like, somebody would take a solo and might not have been close enough 
to a microphone and then I started, you know, just boosting up. I was mixing out front with the, uh, with the iPad um, and just a little bit too much. And then it would start feeding back a little bit and I just duck it back down and then just duck the other mics down and let the thing balance itself out. And That's cool. It was great, man. That's super cool. Yeah. You, you know, when you have musicians, when you get to get to experience great musicianship, it's just, it's such a great vibe, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I just love it. Love it. And Again, also, Robert, when you mentioned, or actually, Warren, when you mentioned Austin, I think that's when we, we I think we briefly met before that at some other show or something. But then that's when I kind of got to know you guys uh, kind of the first time. And um, those are great memories, man. <laughs> so fun. Oh, yeah. Not by Southwest times. Those were such a blast. Yeah, for, for everybody who's like listening, we would go and essentially do exactly what we were doing at Hangar 24 at a bar in Austin on 6th Street called the Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. And it was, we would do a showcase of bands that were from California. And we'd also have some local Austin bands running QSC Sound, doing all the sort of stuff, working with John Hampton and Hampton Productions. And I was, I was trying to tell Erica about how much fun it is to be in a different city with like all of your best friends at one central bar where you eventually get to know the bar staff you're drinking for free you're like eating for it's just like the best time ever you're just running amok in the city and you get to play music you get to do what you love it's literally it was like i don't know that's yeah. some of my favorite times like i really can't wait for well, that and it's, and it's crazy too because when we're when we're in town everybody's got shows on the same nights, but at different bars and stuff. So unless there's, you know, a big festival, like what, like Orange County Music Awards was and, and what Orange County Music Showcase now is, um, that's really the only time that you get to really see everybody in the same place at the same time and network and drink and hear each other's music and stuff, unless you have a night off and can go show hopping, you know? Yeah, that was a blast. That was a blast. That, that, I think the last time um, uh, that, that we did it together, I was sort of like bouncing around to four venues <laughs> and it was so fun because it was like the same thing that you guys did was happening in four other places. And mm -hmm. so it was just like band after band after band after band. It was just a blast. And it's always cool to see the, the QSC stuff being utilized. And the other thing is you start to see it being used so much more like Everywhere I go, it's like, okay, this is starting to become, you know, a staple of like, you know, I think we've all worked for production companies and we know that there's certain sorts of speakers that you can trust and there's certain sorts of speakers you can't trust. And I know that the company I used to work for, there was audio engineers whose speakers would show up at a show and they, would, they wouldn't even touch them. They wouldn't even plug them in and they would refuse to work. And it's like... I'm almost getting that way with QSC. It's like, if it's not a QSC, I don't think I even want to like touch it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, we'll bring our own. Like when you do get like a nice, a nice PA system, you know, or whatever, and you just pull up the faders. And when the band is good, it, it freaking sounds awesome. Yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, like I play these little driveway shows. Like we did one this last weekend. You guys played on my driveway. Remember? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this last good time was, Cali Conscious, we did a rehearsal, um, and we had the um, 
it was Saturday night, so we had the UCLA game on um, at the same time, kind of off to the side. And then we had about 50 or 60 people you know, around our driveway. Um, it was a blast. You guys, you guys knocked it out of the park, though. I think we had almost 200 people there that one time. Oh, that was so fun. <laughs> and that you was the coolest community. That was our first full band <laughs> show in front of people, like pretty much since COVID started. Because Henry, that was your first show back after after you went out to Maine. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh my God, that was so much fun. Oh, my neighborhood talks about that to this day. <laughs> like it, it's like the best thing that ever happened. Of all, gotta do it again. Yeah, let's do it again. Yeah. From that gig, you might be on a TV show. Or yeah. like a, a movie series, right? It's uh, it, it's still in the cool? works. We haven't gotten any updates about it. But, but well, yeah. so my neighbor, who you guys got connected with, they're still finishing the series. Nice. You're in it, man. Hell 100%. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's so that exciting. Goes, that goes to show that you never know yep. what can happen at any show. You never know who's standing in the audience. So don't second guess yourself and go out there and leave it on the floor every time. Yeah. I, I even remember like Steve was saying that was one of the shows that we were like first coming back. It was like those like almost like tearful moments when we're like back to playing music and it's yeah. like, wow, we haven't done this in such a long time. And yeah. I felt like that was felt by the band and it was also felt by the audience. And then just the combination of being in the block party that it was just like, that was probably one of my favorite that was definitely my favorite show of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. Like you, you said like the tearful moments, I'm such a sap and like that sort of thing makes me totally well up and just like, just pretty much like just blubber, you know, it's just crazy. Like, but it's so cool when like it's, it's happened to me a few times this past year. It's like the, 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 the joy of music that people are all experiencing together. It's just like, it's such a powerful thing and it's, it's such an amazing um, connect connector. You know, it's, it's just, it's just, you know, it's just crazy. Like I started <laughs> like welling up. We did this, uh, we did a video shoot with um, the free nationals and, um, it, and it was like supposed to be just the crew and they were shooting sort of a live performance. Um, but it ended up being like a hundred people, you know, cause everyone has, a friend or whatever. And, uh, they start playing and, um, it was just one of those moments that where everyone was like, hadn't experienced anything like that in such a long time. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing, but they did have two things that were special that you guys might want to consider for, for your next gig. They had, um, a dude on roller skates, like a, he was awesome. Like he was so good. I thought he was going to fall like any minute, but he was so good. So he was like a singer on roller skates. And then they had a tap dancer. What? That That's awesome. dope. We will have to consider these things. I do know a lot yeah. of tap dancers. I don't know as many roller skaters. but And the tap dancer did like trading fours with the drummer during like a drum solo. <laughs> and he blew him away. It was rad. That's, That's dope. rad. That's amazing. <laughs> Well, we've been talking to Robert about getting a pair of roller skates to push him around on stage, <laughs> but he keeps turning on the idea. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not, not that. We got to, we got to hit up that, that, uh, magician too. It was a, a wayfarer. I swear the tap dancer and the roller skate guy, they were so awesome. <laughs> I'm telling you. 
But a magician must have a guy doing magic tricks. It'd be so cool. Well, before we get into this magician and roller skates (laughs) and (laughs) what was the other thing? Um, tap dancer, tap dancer, tap dancer, yeah. Which are all amazing ideas. <laughs> Brad, what are you drinking this evening? Uh, I have a, I think it's a bullet, but it's the aged ten year aged. Ooh, the, the mm. white label. Yeah. Nice. Little bullet. Yeah. Let's go counterclockwise again. I like kind of like that. Counterclockwise. So that Just go up. All right. So, what do you so that's so that's new, you next, Bobby, or were? No, counterclockwise. Clockwise. Counter. Counterclockwise. <laughs> <laughs> or me. I don't care. Okay. Whatever. I am drinking a docent. I don't know if you checked out Steve's hat, but we got the same color scheme. Oh, nice. So, uh, of course, I am drinking a docent because we pretty much... If, if there is a, uh, a sound for Robert John in the Wreck, it's through QSC speakers. And if there's a beer for Robert John in the Wreck... It is docent. I feel like those two are like on the same level of how committed we are to both of these companies. You, you know, you know the people like that that you know that represent the company, or are you associated with docent in any way, or do you just love the beer? Yeah, I basically clock in every day. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty much family to us now. We just yeah, it, it, yeah. It's, it's all a family down there. I mean, uh, we're we're very connected with them. It's. Uh, it, I mean, it just yeah. feels like home. And they've yeah. they've helped uh, promote and uh, and our our shows pre COVID and and everything for for quite a while. And and uh, a lot of the South County stuff they, they've been offering a lot of support yeah. to us. And and uh, and we just played their four year anniversary um, on uh, what was that last Sunday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Covered it on the last podcast pretty mm-hmm. well. Where are they? Yeah, what were we going to say? Based out of? I'm on Capistrano. Oh, okay. It's even here, too. It's like everywhere. You, you can't you can't even deal with it. It's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Steve? What are you drinking? For, every, for everyone listening, I just held up my water bottle, which is also <laughs> a decent water bottle. I need, I need to get to know these guys and girls. Oh, we can make that connection. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah do a, do a uh, QSC Live at, at Docent Brewing Session, man. Yeah. That'd be dope. Yeah. Let's do it. I am uh, about two-thirds of the way done with a pint of Tito's with ice. So we're, we're well, well on our way here, gentlemen. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, shaved, I shaved my head today and gave myself a little haircut and a little beard Let's trim. And... Uh, <laughs> Here, let me for all y'all. Oh yeah! Oh, yeah. God. Oh, so I just trimmed it down because it's getting hotter, and uh, I was starting to sweat a little more than I was used to. And uh, but I decided to leave the mustache at length. So uh, I figured we could we could have some good mustache game going on uh, on stage. You shocked there. me pretty hard when you shaved your whole face like recently. <laughs> I shocked myself pretty hard. <laughs> What? Yeah, that we was, shocked everyone. By the way, that wasn't. Like, uh, I was definitely like taken off and not okay with it. Again, yeah, that was weird. Again, Warren, Warren inspired me to do I was that. Like, as it, was, well. it was like a father who was like disappointing your son. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'll. I tried it. Well, the last time I did it was about ten years ago, a little more than ten years ago. So, 
I might do it like once a decade. I've never seen it. That's just to check how many chins are hiding under here, you know? But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, probably not anytime soon. But I was like one of the others who like is very strict on like, hey, you're going to go to college to be a doctor and that's it. And then he decides like, hey, I'm going to be a musician. And then I was the father who said, you're dead to me. <laughs> but it was just because he, he shaved his yeah. Yeah. It grew back pretty damn quick, though. It's okay now. I, 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 I've forgiven him. It was like two weeks. Well, yeah, it, it was... goes back way faster than mine. But yeah, it, there, the first week was definitely well, I was in denial. Robert, you don't know that because you haven't shaved your. It's like Stephen didn't really do that. You haven't shaved your beard for at least ten years, right? We don't talk about my face. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to. This is. I can tell it's a point of contention. We're going. That was a joke. But uh, Henry, what are you drinking, man? Um, I just got a Modelo here. Keeping it pretty simple. Got a Modelo. Got a little water. Pretty much it, man. Keeping it simple tonight. Modelo. You know, it's what I had in the fridge. And uh, yep. How about you, Robert? I'm I'm trying to stop laughing from um, just the. Things I said earlier because it, it's only between me and Steve. Like no one would understand why I'm laughing so hard. Even yeah. if I explained it, they'd be like, "That doesn't make any sense." I'm like, "Don't don't worry about it." Me and Steve have this other thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife bought me a uh, Tempranillo, a Spanish wine, Ooh. and I'm drinking it tonight because I've had enough beer today, and um, I'm just trying to keep it easy. Uh, to Tempranillo from Trader Joe's, it's not crazy, but it's a uh, Javier San Pedro. Is it from and, um, San Pedro? It's delicious. Where where is it from? In so, uh, is it from Spain? Is it imported? Or? Cheers. It's from uh, Crianza. Cheers. <laughs> from where? Crianza. España. San Luis Obispo. <laughs> San Luis Obispo. Okay. <laughs> he's just he just reads the wine bottle for the whole rest of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This Crianza 2018 has spent 12 months in a new and semi-new American and French oak. The super fresh Tempranillo with intense cassis and cherry aromas, full, flavored, and elegant. It will combine many styles of cooking and red meat dishes. This doesn't make any sense. I love this new and semi-new. It's like, bullshit. yeah, we reused it, but... Mm. Yeah, we're not going to get um, into it, it. it. It says it's a wine from Spain. I'm, I'm just drinking it. It's fun. Oh, does it I'm taste just, good? Here we go. That's there good. you go. Yeah, it tastes great. There you go. I'm probably going to finish the whole bottle during the podcast. So, <laughs> good luck, buddy. Good luck. <laughs> wow. Wow. Hey, so are you guys? Uh, are you guys booking a next tour yet? I thought I saw something. Yep. Is it next year, or is it this year? We have. Well, if everything goes according to plan, we will be back in Europe. September nice. from September 1st through October 4th. Um, and then our previously, well, our previously, previously rescheduled tour <laughs> that was 65 dates, yeah. our biggest yeah. Robert John and the Wreck European tour yet, which has now been rescheduled yeah. almost three times. Thank you, Manny and Thank Teenage Head Music. <laughs> um, we'll start next year. And that's a doozy. It goes from, I think, like the end of April into July. Um, and we hit all the spots that we were supposed to hit in 2020. Um, so if you are listening and you're in Europe, 
Our dates are posted online on our Facebook, Bands in Town and Songkick for Europe from September 1st through October 4th. And we will be announcing the full run uh, sometime soon for 2022. And uh, yeah, 2022 is probably going to be a pretty damn big year for the band. Yeah. As far cool. as just hitting it and getting to the road. Yeah. We're all very excited. It's going to be nuts. Let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're excited. Good. Yeah, yeah. So wait, Robert, you're talking about you're playing an Epiphone, the black guitar that I've seen you play. Is that the guitar you're referring to? No. Um, the one that you've seen me play is an Armada by Ernie Ball, which yeah. uh, they were gracious enough to give me in like 2013. And I didn't play it for years because it was like a, probably the most expensive piece of musical instrumentation that I've ever had. And I kept it under wraps for a couple of years. And then um, I brought it out and it sounded way better than anything else I had. So then I started using that. Yeah. And uh, recently um, I put some new pickups in my old Epiphone Sheraton 2. Um, no. I put some new pots in it. I rewired the whole thing. Um, and uh, now... What was that? Did you do that yourself? No. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not smart enough for that. I, I paid my buddy Ben at the guitar shop here in Laguna Beach. Tools and stuff to do that stuff. You know, like uh, the, my, the mirrors that go inside and like, it's impossible to work on a hollow, bo- hollow body. That's like dentistry. Yeah, right? that, that, that's not my forte. I don't know what my forte is, but it's definitely not that. It's a giant um, pain in the ass to work on hollow bodies. So uh, I, I, my buddy Ben at the guitar shop in Laguna Beach, which is an amazing place to go get guitars, get your guitars worked on, whatever you need to do. Yeah, um, he did that for me, and now I'm using that. I mean, I, I used it for the past two shows because that's all we've ever had. Um, do you love it? Fact. Do you love playing it? I, I love playing that guitar. Yeah, That guitar feels good in my hands, and it's what I love to play. The reason why I moved from that to the Armada is because it just sounded better. Yeah. So I was basically trying to get the Epiphone to sound as good as the Armada. And now I feel like the um, the Sheraton sounds better than the Armada, but it doesn't stay in tune as oh. much. Mm. Yeah. So that's my next thing to do. Uh, and then Henry's going to help me out with that, whether he knows it or not. I do. Um, I already know how to... <laughs> yeah. It, it, Henry also is my... Um, Guitar, uh, who, what, what am I trying to think of? Guitar um, tech? Shaman? Guitar, guitar tech? Shaman? shaman? I'll give you all the yeah. tips and tricks that yeah. you... Yeah, yeah. He, he just tells me what to do, and then I do them. Right. Um, <laughs> the Reverend which, Henry uh, James. The next step is him, is, and, is and, me actually, you know, learning how to play. And I'm going to impart this wisdom um, to all the guitar players listening out there. If you have a guitar that will not stay in tune, get... Um, Get get some oil. Get like some some machine oil or some three in one oil. Give me one second here. I'm gonna grab this thing. Get it. And for all of you in Southern California, if you have any guitars uh, that you're looking to get set up, uh, in the comments and in the link uh, descriptions below, uh, you'll find the website for the guitar shop down in Laguna Beach. So if you have something uh, to get worked on yeah. or something that doesn't play quite right, hit them up, ask for Ben Wagner and, uh, and they'll take care of you, man. They're, they're great and this is there. what I was talking about. This is, this is just, I just buy this at, uh, like Ace Hardware or you can probably buy it at like, um, 
Describe it for everyone that's listening. It's it's this is called TriFlow. It's it's basically just like a machine or like metallic lubricant, and um, especially with a guitar that has like a Bigsby on it or uh, something of that sort, um, these usually come with a little like a little piece. It's actually perfect. Um, there's a little nozzle at the top here that oil comes out of, and there's this little piece that goes inside of the nozzle, and it's basically like a little straw for the oil to funnel through. And it's narrow enough to like fit into these little places on the guitar, like the nut slot. So the, the places you need to lubricate are the contact points, which is the nut slot and the bridge slot. And so basically all this does is that if you ever are playing a guitar and you hear it go, you know, chink or clink or something like that, it's because you have binding issues. And so basically what this does is it just lubricates those spots so that the strings are not binding on these contact points. And, uh, this is a this is a trick I got from um, I worked for a guy uh, here in Fountain Valley. I live in Huntington Beach, but over in Fountain Valley, called the Guitar Doctor, and he gave me a bunch of tips and tricks that I I still use, and they come in handy. And um, I've got a I've got a Gibson SG that's been my main guitar with the band for a while, and um, every time I restring that thing because it does have a big every time I restring that thing, I put some of this on there in the bridge slots and the nut slots and uh you know obviously you stretch the strings out when you uh restring the guitar and it just gets me all you know lubed up exactly man gets me all lubed up and ready to play you know that's wait so you kind of just blew my mind because i've always thought that the guitar that tuning had to do with your tuners and always thought well, I'm just going to change my tuners out. It's actually not that. It's the contact points of where your strings well, hit. So, like, that's, if I have that that's a little bit of everything, right? It's, it's it's a little bit of it's the, the tuners too. Like tuners can slip, yeah. but it's more more the bridge likely bones connected to, be, to the yeah, nut contact bone. points. It's connected to the tuner bone. Right. A little bit of everything. The it's a little bit of everything. Means. Like you should get good tuners anyways, because bad tuners can slip. And usually, the reason people get better tuners is. Um, either the gears slip in the tuners over time, you know, there's so much friction from the turning all the time that they like strip and slip and stuff like that. Or, um, the gear ratio of the tuner, which is how many gears are actually in like the, like when the machine turns inside of the gear mechanism, it like turns this little gear and how many spokes the gear has is how accurately, how precise you're able to tune the string. And, uh, you know. It's it's like that. And uh, speaking of tuners and music and those things like that, um, we have a <laughs> nice little day in music history today. Um, it is a it is pretty historic actually because it is both the birthday and uh, I guess day of passing away for Merle Haggard. Uh, huh? If you were that the correction that if you're on the East Coast or any ah, time zone after okay. that, it is April sixth right now. And a lot of our listeners are ahead of us already into April 6th right now. And it's going to be April 6th here in two and a half hours. So uh, I thought it was interesting. April 6th is both the day in 1937 that Merle Haggard was born and the day in 2016 that he passed away. So I'm just going to keep wow. it short and Dang. sweet today. And we're going to listen to Mama Tried. First thing I remember knowing was a lonesome whistle blowing and a youngin's dream of growing up to ride. 
On a freight train leaving town Not knowing where I'm bound And no one could change my mind But Mama tried One and only rebel child From a family meek and mild My Mama seemed to know what lay in store Despite all my Sunday learning Towards the bad I kept on turning Till Mama couldn't hold me anymore I turned 21 in prison Doing life without parole No one could steer me right But Mama tried, Mama tried Mama tried to raise me better But her pleading I denied That leaves only me to blame Cause Mama tried So left my mom a heavy load She tried so very hard to fill his shoes Working hours without rest Wanted me to have the best She tried to raise me right but I refused And I turned 21 in prison Doing life without parole No one could steer me right but mama tried Mama tried, mama tried to raise me better But her pleading I denied That leaves only me to blame Cause mama tried Nice, so classic, so good too. Just a quick little, here you go Yeah, I love that song I love all that old country shit I've played that with you a few times, Robert, I think yeah, and I saw Merle Haggard play on stage at Stagecoach probably about six months before he passed away or oh, five shit. months. Well, something wow. crazy. Yeah. How was he but, uh, before also, he passed? The first song I ever learned how to play on guitar was Oki from Muskogee. Ah. Which was a Merle Haggard yeah. song, which I learned when I was about 13 years old. And uh, so Merle Haggard has a weird place in my musical remnants of a person. Uh, he was the first country artist that I've ever, he's the first person I ever learned a song from. Like even before Bob Dylan, um, I learned this Oki from Muskogee song. And I was like, well, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a crazy thing for, for me and Merle have our own thing going on. How was he at the show that you saw before he passed away? He, he was standing up straight, playing a song. I mean, he, he was still killing it. It's just weird. You know, I mean, he was still killing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, uh, he, he passed from double pneumonia, Damn. like complications from it, which is gnarly. He was, he was like almost 80 years old, I guess. Um, it was like 79 or something yeah. like that. So, but what, a, what an illustrious career as a you know, singer-songwriter. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, for what we do. Yeah, but I got to say, I probably brought this story up on the road a couple times. I'm probably the least versed in country music, and I usually get shit for it. <clears throat> yeah, maybe, maybe Besides me, yeah. It's a, it's a stage left thing. Um, <laughs> but when I was a kid, my dad used to tell me, my last name is Merle, and it's pronounced Merle, not Morel or Mural or whatever. And when I was, Sorry. I can vividly remember this, when I was a kid going to elementary school, he said, Merle, as in Merle Haggard. And I mm. used to say that to people, 
and living in Laguna Beach, nobody <laughs> knew who that was. And I didn't even know who that was yeah. for such a long time. Oh, man. That's and funny. The, yeah. I, I definitely have a lot of catch up to do because I've been saying that my whole entire life. And I, <laughs> I don't know as much yeah. as I should from him. So thank you for bringing that on, Henry. I do the same yeah, thing with, uh, with my last name, with Majora. I always say uh, like Zelda or Labia. And you find out real quick which one people latch on to because uh, depending on their age and if they know about Zelda or not. <laughs> I feel like you like, like that's, a, that's a natural progression. Like you do Zelda and then you figure out what Livia is. Yeah. I mean, depends on <laughs> you know, your upbringing and uh, what you're used to playing with, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> We're so Brad, segues. I'm telling you, thanks for inviting me. I did not know what to expect. Really, this has been really fun so far. This is a good. Did one. you not? <laughs> I can't imagine what <laughs> would be happening. <laughs> so Brad, Brad, let's talk about you. Are you ready? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just getting. I'm getting over the Steve comment. I'm just have to process that. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Hello, you're welcome. Honey. It's good. Nobody's. You're. None of you guys are going to mess up my last name ever again. Pronunciation. No, it's, it works. It, right? It's great. I'm just. I'm and, laughing and too Warren, much. And Warren. That's, like that's good to know. Like Merle, a, like Merle Merle person. I'm going to Steve because I, I was like having a hard time with your last name for a long time, but now I'll never, ever, ever mispronounce it or like, I, f- I feel like I've said that to you before though, Brad, I've got the same reaction. <laughs> I don't so if you're listening right now, uh, we have Brad Zell as our guest Woo! and he is basically the reason why Robert John, the wreck has been gracefully gifted with QSC gear to make us sound good. Um, throughout all the things we've we've done um, in the past few years, um, Brad Zell has provided us with the 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 tools from QSC to make sure that we are sounding proper and proper good. And not only that, Brad Brad's um, been a champion. Brad, of the band. I don't even know what you're. We need to clarify a little bit that um, it's not as if you just get stuff for free, right? <laughs> Exactly. No, yeah. no. I mean, no. We, we've been using QSC gear before we ever met Brad. And um, I, I bought I bought K8s. I bought K8s ten years ago, and we've been on tour with them from South Dakota to Boston to mm-hmm. everywhere, and we've used K8s for a whole life. Uh, yeah. We just happened to meet Brad, and we've gotten to explore the different regions of what QSC has to offer since then. Yeah. So, but they were not given it. He did not give us anything for nothing. <laughs> when we when we met, we kind of were in a situation where we could uh, partner together, right, and help each other yeah, out. So, absolutely. Um, that's kind of like at, at QSC. I'm I'm responsible for live sound, um, artist relations, and so I'm always looking to partner with bands and DJs that can kind of like help promote us, but then that we can also help promote them. Um, and, 
And the other thing that's really cool when like, like you guys, especially is you already know and appreciate and understand what our products are and do and stuff like that. And the um, capability so, that they, that they offer, man. Which yeah. Is so, you know, to, to like try to get someone to use your stuff or, you know, I, I, I hear you should go after this band or you sh- you know, this or that. And it's kind of like the best, the best partnerships are when the band or the musicians or whatever, they, they, they already know and love and they already bought yeah. the stuff in the first place. Cause yeah. they, they did the research, they made their choices. And, and so it's kind of like, they're already sold on it. So it's kind of like finding, finding people to, uh, to work with that, that already, um, they already love it and they already did their research and they, you know, they're already sold. I don't have to sell you on yeah. sweet or something like that. Well, I, I think that's yeah. a, that, that's a great point that you bring up, Brad, because uh, at least like when, when I was starting out for stuff and you go to NAM, they're like, Oh, you got to look for the endorsements and this, that, and the other. It's like, no dog. Like you, what do you, and like, what do you endorse? What do you tell people about the products that you're already using and that you love that you can't, live or work without you know what i mean and that's that's more of the thing is like dude like we've had qsc stuff since the beginning and it's always made our lives a ton easier you know and then when you end up getting into the partnerships and the working relationships and 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 everything like that's when it really gets cool is like hey we've got this event you know that's coming up like we only want to use your stuff but like maybe we don't have you know, enough for this. Like we only want to use your stuff. Can we, you know, possibly borrow something for, for this event to like to help make our lives easier. Yeah. But and then I'm always trying to tell the story from a, a, a user's perspective yeah. of like, you know, getting, you know, trying to, trying to make, make videos or get photos of bands, you know, using the gear, mm-hmm. and, you know, like working with the right the right people um, that, that, that it's, it's not, it's, it's a organic, natural, just, it's just a true authentic situation. It becomes, it becomes a true authentic relationship for sure. So yeah, Yeah. it's been good. You guys are, it's great. You guys are great to work with and I'm, I'm super stoked to know you guys for sure. Likewise, brother. (laughs) I'm just generally a fan too. that, That helps. Well, and that's like, again, part of the relationship thing is like we were talking about with Dosum when you're like, oh, do you know those guys? And our first thing was like, they're family. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if anybody asked the same thing about you, that would be the first thing we'd say is like, oh, Brad is like, he's like one, like, you know, like he's one of us. Like, it's not even, yeah. it's not even like a business relationship. This mm-hmm. is a, like you said, you have a relationship with the gear first and then the person. And then if that works, like that's totally great, but that's exactly the same way. It's like, you know, family first. Yeah. 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 It's great. We're working with you guys. I, I appreciate our relationship. <laughs> Us too, man. Yeah. Likewise. You played on my uh, driveway too. That was it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it was that, that, that was, one of like the best experiences during COVID. I mean, we got to play in your driveway, which was, that is a driveway. It, it was crazy. <laughs> you almost got it. It was you a almost got it. super spreader event. We probably shouldn't have been doing it, but it was like, if you wanted to be, you know, it was outside and there was plenty of space to spread out, spread out. 
but it was a freaking rock rock and roll show, man. Well, and and you were also very, you know, uh, uh, what, what's the word? Considerate of of the neighborhood and stuff too. Where you're like, hey, like you told us beforehand, you were like, hey, this is for our street, like. You know, if your girlfriend or fiance or wife wants to come, like, that's cool. But, like, we're really trying to keep it small and mm-hmm. just, you know, localized to the community. And and that that was awesome, man. And yeah. your wife makes incredible drinks, by the way. Yeah. Oh, my oh, yeah, God. Those were awesome. Those were incredible. This last Saturday, so it was me and Justin and this guy, Ian, plays drums. I, do you know Ian? Ian, so, Ian, Ian Foreman? Foreman? Probably. Yeah. He's not a reggae drummer guy that yeah, plays yeah. Like, Yes. Yeah, I, yes, I know Ian. Yeah. His nickname is P and Ian. Yep. Do you know about that? <laughs> yeah. He has a business card that says P and Ian, and there's like a graphic of a little guy like peeing on the wall or something. I never asked where <laughs> that came from, but I've, awesome. I've heard it. It's like, do I <laughs> so want to know? My wife is like, hey, so I'm making mojitos or margaritas um, and uh, or there's beer or whatever. And so Ian and Jess was like, hey, can I just get a shot of tequila, right? And she's like, yeah, no problem. So she pours <laughs> literally like, it's like a half glass of tequila for both those guys. <laughs> it was fun. We had a fun time. That's fun, man. So I've, I've got a question for you, Brad, because you, I know when we played your driveway, um, I brought in our uh, uh, profile. Yeah, from- you had your scene. For, 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 for the touch mix, right? I had, I had our scene loaded up from like what we use at the cliff, and and because uh, that was kind of the most uh, like congruent uh, situation sonically and 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 space wise, environmentally and stuff for what we did in your driveway. Um, I have been blown away at the presets that both the sixteen and the thirty have, and I don't yeah. think I've ever asked you this, but like, do you normally? just run off of those presets when you're doing sound with QSC or like, do you build it yourself? Like I have a few favorite presets and then I have a favorite, a few favorite tweaks to the presets. Yeah. Like, because I use a, like certain vocal mics and stuff like that. And so I'll, I'll start with a preset and then I'll, then I even know the tweak after it that I like sort of thing. But yeah, you yeah. Know, um, for a lot of stuff, I just use the presets and, um, and there's a guy you, have you met John Graves um, at QSC? I'm not sure if, I, if if he was at your house. I probably met him, but he I don't, wasn't I don't know there if I met him outside. He's, of that. The, um, he's the guy that tunes all of our loudspeakers. Nice, like like literally just him. He makes decisions on like the engineers do their tuning with my you know, with arrays of microphones and all this stuff. But then John gets in and just like he just. <laughs> does it to like his ears right mm-hmm. and he tuned, he's tuned all the you know the k the k's the k.2s the wide line like he's he's like the golden ears at qsc nice. and uh, and he also created all the presets and uh the process to create the presets was like six months of setting up three different size pas in three different club size kind of sound studios mm-hmm and then, and then having like multiple bands and multiple musicians play through these these three different PA's using a variety of microphones, and then John just basically creating going from one mic back to another mic, back to this mic, like and swapping and just making sure like 
for the most part, this is going to like really be a really good starting point. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, you know, I was at another company, we made presets, but we did it, you know, we would record a band and then we'd play the band, the the music back through um, in a studio situation. Yeah. And how we would make the presets. It was just like live, live music, multi-tracked, played through studio monitors and we would make presets that way. This, this way, John's like, we're dealing with floor wedges. It's like, it's a, a live environment. So it's a whole different follow acts, you know, yeah. cause as soon as you're, and you're, and he's trying to get good volume going too. So you're kind of like dealing with all a whole bunch of different factors. With, and I think that's you're why dealing with like where it's going to be actually used, not, yeah, not just recording a band and then like pumping it through a studio and yeah. kind of like, you know. Um, Smart. So, so yeah, they, uh, they did a really good job with the presets. It's, and John, like he's he's amazing. Well, John, if, if, if you ever listen to this, man, thank you for saving my ass on countless occasions as a sound guy. Because honestly, dude, like half the time I come in and set up and, you know, whatever might happen, you've got either the bands are late or you've got another band playing on the property and you can't make noise and you have to start an hour behind. Like those presets have saved my ass and kept events running on time for the last, you know. So cool. at least six years that I've been using the touch mix systems and they're great, man. Like, of course you're always going to have to tweak things, you know, for your individual situation, but it's like, Oh yeah, what am I doing? What, you know, here. And I've, I've got a touch mix here. That's my entire setup in my room is routed through. I'm running two computers and microphones yeah. plugged into here, back in routing through other stuff. And, and, and there's, uh, when you, when you pull it up and you look at the EQ curve, you kind of, you, you might think, wow, that's a pretty extreme EQ. Yeah, but, it's you know, pretty it, aggressive, but it works. A fiddle one that's a little crazy. The one that's super crazy is a lavalier mic. Yeah. Um, and, and like, those things are notoriously hard just to deal with in yeah. general. But, um, but if you really aren't experienced with doing sound and stuff and you got to get a decent sound on a lav mic for, like, a sermon or a wedding or something like that, <laughs> it works really and you good. Don't have twenty minutes to figure it out. Really dial it in from scratch. Like yeah. that's that's the the biggest like plus for me is that I'm like oh like I trust all of these presets. Yeah, just implicitly, and it's like they're all a good starting place. And with some of them, it's like oh yeah, like it's going to automatically you know uh, trigger the Phantom Bower because that's what you're using on that preset. And so I just go through and I'm like, cool, vocal male, vocal male, vocal male compressor, you know, like, so it's in there and you can adjust things as you go, but it's gotten us up for like a, you know, 20 input band yeah, uh, oh. in like five minutes. So I have a question for you guys. Cause I, my, my wife and family make fun of me about this all the time. Whenever I go to a show, I'm just like super critical, right. Of, of the mix, of the PA, <laughs> whatever it is, you know. You have to be. 100%, you have to be. You dude. work for the company. You guys, I mean, it's some, sometimes it just sounds great and I can enjoy it. But there's sometimes where it just, it drives me freaking bonkers. Like when something's happening that I'm hearing that I can't believe the person running sound isn't hearing or whatever. Yeah. Do you guys 
Do you have that experience sometimes? Hundred percent. I've left shows and just all gone the time out on the patio to smoke for the rest of it because it's just been atrocious. Yeah, nothing well, to do with hey, the bands, the just time. the sound. You know. Hey Brad, you want you want to know a little secret too? We had a band meeting before this, yeah. and there are some venues that will play that have full sound systems, and we go. We're going to bring on PA. Yep. We know that the QSC is going to sound good. Yeah. We know exactly how to use it. If somebody wants to run it through their other system, they can. Yeah. But I would say almost 90% of the time, if we don't know the place, and we and even if they have whatever they have, we go, let's bring the QSC. Because yeah. we... It's, you know, yeah. you know you're gonna, it's going to sound good. Mm-hmm. It's reliable. And that's yeah. what I was talking about earlier is like... Like I'm like we're not gonna like we played a place in Dallas and it was cool as this old bar, but man the the PA was like this ancient thing and like looking back it's like half of it was blown out nobody <laughs> knew what anything was no no reliability or you get like the oh it hurts my ears it's so harsh sounding you know um, yeah. yeah and no control it's just so it's so convenient to have that and again the portability of the touch mix 16 is just insane. And, um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. The, the products can't speak highly yeah. enough of because the, it gets us through everything. And the splay on the, on the powered speakers themselves too, man. Like yeah. you wouldn't think in, you know, an eight inch speaker on each side of the stage would be able to fill, you know, a room of 300 people. But the way that you guys have it set up, like it's fucking nuts. It's like, Oh, yeah. we, we could use more, but this yeah. is what we got, and like it works great. The like, system is to the limit, rad, but, right? Dude, yeah, the KLA rigs are insane. Yeah. Dude. But I mean, really- even using those, even using K8s that I bought mm-hmm. uh, over ten years ago, I bought them in like 2010. Yeah. So now it's over ten years ago. We've been using those as mains for over ten years. Yeah. For everything that we've ever done until you were graciously that we figured out some other things and we got some new stuff now, but we were using K 10s for so long and they, they never went out. They never went out. We had never had a problem with them. They were always enough to fill whatever gap we needed. Like there was never an issue, which is weird because they're, they're, they're eight inch speakers, but they were always they're amazing. Whatever we needed. They're amazing. They're, they're, we we still use them. They're, they're still there. They're they're not even dead yet. I mean, yeah. they're still functioning speakers. They just don't have the wedge on them, so we can't use yeah. them for monitors as much as other things. Um, or you toss the that's, case that's, underneath that's them because before them you guys didn't even make wedges for them because that was just before the time. The well, yeah, there was a the the, uh, the width of the the um, dispersion angle didn't really lend itself to putting it as a wedge because it would create, it would cause feedback because it was so wide, but, but they were able to kind of like wrangle, wrangle it in for the next generation. <laughs> it's, but just, yeah. it's, it's so good. Amazing. Yeah. I love yeah. it. It's like, Oh, you don't have a sub, just toss it on dance mode. You're good. Like, <laughs> With the, with the K-10 if you guys don't mind, oh, can yes. I transition all this yeah, 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 yeah. conversation? Yeah. So let's let's transition this into the fact that Brad also plays bass <laughs> in a band. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. And um, that band is also playing at Hangar 24 on Saturday, which um, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that we've been a part of a couple weeks. Um, it's a, a beautiful Orange County music showcase um, in Irvine, California. And so Brad plays in a band I- called Cali Conscious. And I'm not going to let him talk until I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, ahead, is there man. Hangar 24? I was just trying to lead, lead some questions off for, for those that might want to come visit. Yeah, so was, it, was, yeah. It's an outdoor spot, right? Are there restaurants around so you can go get some food and then come back? Hangar 24 has amazing food. Is it, is it one restaurant or is it multiple yeah. restaurants in the area? It's, it's, one, one, it's one restaurant. It's Hangar 24. They have amazing beer. They have amazing food. What's, what's, what, what's, what do you recommend? What should I get? The Nashville chicken, chicken sandwich. sandwich is oh, the best thing in the world. Hands down. Hands it's down. the closest thing you can get to a Nashville chicken sandwich, not in Nashville. Very, it, very good. Hot chicken? Yeah, Nashville hot chicken. It's the closest thing you can get to a Nashville hot chicken sandwich that isn't in Nashville. Wow, that's good. I like hot chicken from Nashville. It's not the spiciest. But it, it hits all the flavor profiles. Like it's it's very well. Oh, I think it's amazing. I think it's the yeah. best thing other than Nashville. Like I've I've is had, it, is it the brioche bun. Does it have the brioche yeah. bun? Yeah. Yeah. You gotta have the brioche bun. And the pickles. And the Probably. pickles, which I hate. I feel like it's, it's the, the closest thing to Hattie B's that you can get in California. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, for sure. If you know what Hattie B's is. And if you like it spicier, just bring your own hot sauce. It's outdoors. You're good. You can pack that on your purse or your pockets. Yeah. War is laughing. I've seen on people <laughs> bring like beach chairs or lounge chairs out there and just kind of set up and just hang out, right? Like a little grassy knoll. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you if you don't want to step up the game and get a VIP table, um, wow. you can bring your own chairs. You can bring a pop up tent. You can do whatever you want. There's a there's a nice little grassy area. Um, about right the size of a football you can set up stage. Yeah, it's it's. So you get the VIP table by going online and reserving it. Yeah, if you go to musiconthereunway.com, you can, are you can get your own VIP table. I think it's like two hundred bucks, and you get a heater, you get table service, you get blankets, you get nice. something else. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a good time. Sounds that sounds awesome. I can't wait to play. I can't wait to play through the little, that PA system. It's it's going to be fun. Oh, you guys are going to kill it, man. It's going to be so it's crazy. It's a fun band. The music is is a lot of fun. It's like um, it's kind of reggae-inspired California vibe, super super positive message. Um, uh, let's see, two or three horn players, uh, percussion, uh, it, great guitar player. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Good stuff. Yeah, you guys definitely bring the party, man. I, I remember mixing you guys at the, uh, was it the Paseo? Yeah, that was a fun before one. Before COVID? Oh, man, that was such a fun night, dude. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was when they had, like, um, the fire dancers, right? Yeah. They had fire dancers, and um, and didn't, like, Bombarda Marley played that night or something? Mm-hmm. One of Bob Marley's descendants. Maybe. Damn. I don't, know. 
I was I was running sound, but I didn't get the lowdown on people. I was just like, "What do you need? Cool, let me walk around with the iPad and make sure that it's all taken care of." But I remember the fire dancers? They were rad. Yeah, fire dancers were dope. The one oh, guy, we're... the one guy dropped his thing like twice though. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, it's gonna burn the turf." People are stepping that, up. That, that might have answered the question I was gonna sure. ask you, Brad. But I'm yeah. gonna ask you a question, and um, you have to answer truthfully. Oh no. <laughs> okay, so you've been around the entertainment industry for a while now. You've been playing in bands. You know the the havoc that that comes with, right? <laughs> so, the question for you is what is one story just just uh, this is what we do for everyone. Yeah. You are, you are not I'm not, being, I'm not being singled out. Yeah. No. What's the one story that you can tell us that isn't too degrading to anyone um, from all your ventures through playing music, through, through QSC, whatever, whatever you want to diversify it with. Uh, one really interesting story from either being on tour or just playing music. Um, what's something that happened that is just so wild. It just really comes to mind super fast. And it actually me and Henry, have a connection in this. Okay. So Henry. I, I was, <laughs> I was, you want to uh, tell us something right now, Henry, <laughs> do you want to tell us something first before Brad was, says anything? No. All right. You're, you're going to love this. You're, you're going to really love this. But, but anyway, uh, I was in Louisiana playing at a place called Phil Brady's in Baton Rouge. And it's like the most dive bar you could ever be in. You go into the, the bathroom and it smells like a mixture of, vomit and pee and like just like an outhouse got dumped into the bathroom that's how it's it's just (laughs) the walls are sticky it's like the nastiest place you've ever been in so i was playing what was i playing i was playing percussion in sort of a sort of a rock blues sort of band chris the chris the blah band and toward the end of the night like one or one thirty or something there's just a few people there right and we were pretty 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 trashed at the time and this is still on facebook by the way if you ever want to look this up but so chris the singer guitar player he uh he's like dude let's do dirty deeds and you sing it okay so (laughs) i have this like you know i like to to sing dirty deeds and so we started playing that song right and during the guitar solo <laughs> i did this thing where my friend rick was playing the guitar solo i i stuck my head between his i tried to hoist him up but but like we were already like this we're old guys by the this was maybe like eight years ago so it wasn't oh, God. <laughs> still like old like and he's kind of old and we're kind of big and old and out of shape and so I couldn't get him up, right? He starts the solo, like the little hammer-on thing. Yeah. And I my head between his legs, and I'm, like, trying to lift him up and, like, get him up on my shoulders. And I couldn't get him up. But then Chris, my friend Chris, he, like, actually grabs him and lifts, lifts him so I could stand up. And so Rick's on my shoulders, and, like, and we're all super weighted, right? And I pretty much almost tipped over on the drum kit. And and he's still trying to solo. And, and the, the old, 
old fat guys at this place. Phil Brady's playing dirty deeds, trying to, you know, like be rad again. But, uh, but we survived and, uh, I did get, get him lowered down after the solo and it was really epic. And my friend, Mark, um, what is this is Harlow. He videotaped it and it's on Facebook and I have to send you a link nice. to it because freaking hilarious. Nice. I would love to see it. <laughs> but I rem- I'm connected with Henry because I remember yes. seeing Henry on uh, one of your guys' shoulders. Right. Uh, and it was a lot easier for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, because Hen- Henry weighs well, about Henry as less like than my keyboard. Pounds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. <laughs> It was ridiculous. Yeah. There's a there's a pretty large size disparity between me and our <laughs> roadie Rob Boyd. So like I feel pretty safe about getting on that guy's shoulders <laughs> during a guitar solo. And was there the QSC I ad? I just remember like going Ugh! and I couldn't get him up. <laughs> <laughs> and then Chris kinda lifted us up and then I'm like, oh crap, I can't I can't even balance and then and then yeah, anyway. It was just silly. Silly days. Yeah, Brad, didn't you post on QSC's page the uh, the Henry yeah, the on shot. the shoulders? Yeah, right. yeah. And I think I, either I took or someone took. We have a really yeah, great. Somebody took it, and that's been on like a bunch of ads. Like I see that on yeah. like Facebook. I'm like, hey, that's me. <laughs> Robbie's shoulders playing a guitar solo. Play out loud, man. Play out loud. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so that one's pretty harmless. It was that's harmless. Pretty, but it was a good one too. I enjoyed it. <laughs> that that so moment of, that moment of oh shit <laughs> when you go for something you're like oh I totally got this no I don't no I don't no I don't like <laughs> so I don't know fun. why I even thought I could do that but we pulled it off sometimes on stage you can think you can do things that you can't Don Don Farmer and, said that girls and were the, still the dancing the best part about being on stage is <laughs> girls if you can pull it off you can pull it off. And everyone's like, dude, you did it, and this is great. Yeah. But the when you try something that you can't and you don't do it, then everyone's like, dude, why'd you try that? Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> don't try that next time, bro. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I feel like me and Steve have had eighteen different times of like oh, yeah. things of like we've tried that we haven't worked on, but like things that we've also tried and it actually worked. Which means that we're fifty fifty. Yeah, when 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 they don't work though, it, it always makes a better story than when it does work. When it does work, it's like, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. When they work, yeah, we're yeah, like, cool. hey, that, that worked awesome. out great. That's and then cool. we go back home to the hotel room and we sleep, and then we yeah. don't forget about it. But if they when don't it work, work it's then like, everyone talks about it. Has to be like a point to bring up at the next meeting. Yeah, it's like, like hey, it's you like, can't eh. you can't put Steve on your shoulders. Yeah, I'm like, I know that now. The guy, the guy on my shoulders is about the same size as Steve, so it's oh, like. Yeah. Bad idea. Both of us are big old, old guys, you know? It's like, yeah. kind of blind, you know? It's funny, though. That's funny. funny. You know, well, the other thing that, that kind of reminds me of, like, the, all that time, I played in this we- this wedding band in Louisiana, and we we drove, we had a trailer full of stuff. Do, do you guys you guys have a trailer, or do you have, like, more of a van situation? We We've done both. Yeah. But our trailer, we've been like stuck on the side of the road in the middle of freaking nowhere, either Mississippi or Louisiana. If you've, seen our, if you've seen our most recent album cover, that was us stuck in the middle of nowhere. 
Oh my gosh. We, we just hired real. an artist to do a rendition of the photo that we took on our yeah. phone. Yeah. yeah. Good times, right? That was 2020 too. It's crazy to think that. Yeah. <laughs> that was 2020? Yeah. That was uh, 2019. February. That was February 2020? Oh, that, was, that was February. Yeah. You guys are crazy. Yeah, that's kind of probably really true. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, that's February 2020. Ugh. Anyways, Brad, go on. Good times, good times. <laughs> Just uh, trailer stories. So have you ever heard of the um, the jail? What's it called in Louisiana? I forget, but we were at St. Francis on the way home at 2 in the morning, three-hour drive to get home, and uh, – I look in the rearview mirror and there was like flames coming out of the the axle of the trailer. Oh shit. And so the bearings were just gone, you know? And so it was just like this, like the Batmobile, you know, like the blue flames coming off. Like it was kind of that. So we had to slow down and drive 15 miles an hour the rest of the way home in the, in the, <laughs> you know, it's just like those, those are just fun times, right? Just on the shoulder. <laughs> Great. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. It's fine. Yeah. If somebody if somebody stops us, maybe they can help. But yeah, yeah, that's wild, man. Times. Well, at Times. the end of the day, Brad, you are going to be playing bass for Cali Conscious at Hangar Twenty Four this Saturday. This Saturday, April tenth. Yeah. Come on out. And uh, music, super good time. In order for us to completely commiserate that, we want to play a Kelly Conscious song to end this night off. Yeah! <laughs> Are you ready for it, Brad? Are you ready? This is the title track of the latest album, Avocado. Check it out. Let's, let's listen to it. <laughs> Amazing yeah. name. Be good to each other, everybody out there. Get wrecked. Here's Avocado by Kelly Conscious. Go see him Saturday at Hangar 24!